Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. You know the Make-A-Wish Foundation. They grant life-changing wishes for kids with critical illnesses, whether it's to be an airplane pilot, hang out with their idol, or become Batman for a day. Make-A-Wish makes it happen. Now, we've got a really cool way for you to help. Make-A-Wish has a new podcast called The Power of a Wish, and for every listen, they'll receive a $1 donation. One listen equals $1, up to $50,000. The podcast is a two-part series. It's a behind-the-scenes look at Make-A-Wish, telling you the story of some special kids and families. It's an easy way to support an awesome organization, to grant more amazing wishes for kids and families that really need a helping hand. Go ahead, subscribe to The Power of a Wish in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app, and you'll help raise money for Make-A-Wish. Hello, all you monogamous animals. It's beautiful, anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hello, everybody. Welcome a beautiful anonymous. My name's Chris Gethard. I'm very lucky to host this show. I get to talk to people all over the world. I get to talk to chaplains and people who can't picture images in their mind. I get to picture, I get to talk to bushmen and stalkers and uh, and all kinds of people. Nice few people, suffering people, celebrating. It's the best job. It's the best job a guy could have. Thank you all for supporting it, calling in couple things. A couple things I want to address. One, keep mentioning we've got these shows coming up at the Bell House in February. Brooklyn, New York. The Bell House, one of the great comedy venues uh, going right now. Those shows are getting very close to selling out. The first one, I think there's only a handful of tickets left. And uh, the second two, I think, are going to get there as well. So if you're, in, if you're in New York or you're near New York, you want to come to New York, uh, get your tickets. Don't wait on them. If you got friends who aren't texting you back yet, you might just want to buy those tickets. Go ahead and get them. And I'm not saying that just to shill tickets because the sales are fine. I just want everybody who wants in to get in. And uh, I know one of those weeks, all the mods from the Facebook group, a whole bunch of those mods are taking a trip to New York City. I finally get to meet these people face-to-face who uh, have built this incredible community, this positive community that discusses our little show here. It's a cool thing. Last week's show, I am uh, thrilled with the reception to this one, I got to say, this, of course, was our uh, Puppet Master episode, the guy who worked uh, doing some animation stuff. He uh, overcame some some childhood difficulty, but most importantly, had the most insane laugh any of us have ever heard. I'm going to go ahead and say, based, based on the reaction in the Facebook group, this is a classic. This is being regarded as one of the best episodes ever and uh, the funniest. A lot of people are saying, funniest episode of Beautiful Anonymous, hands down, I got to say, being 94 episodes in, Getting our funniest one gives me a lot of uh, a lot of joy, a lot of hope. D- Maria says, "Hand in the Facebook group. These are all from the Facebook group. Hands down, best episode ever. Heard it in the car with the volume high, the windows down. Let's just say lots of people heard that laugh today." Chrissy says, "I straight up missed my exit this morning on my drive to work. 
I had laughing tears. Sally, I'm on the elliptical at the gym and burst out laughing when Geth and the caller start laughing. I got a few awkward stares and a few smiles and laughter from other. That is not Sally, my mom. It's another Sally. I just realized this show, all the Sally references. Anyone else named Sally, it must drive them nuts. Aurel, oh, that's a beautiful name. Aureli says, this almost got me fired. I swear I laughed so hard I cried. My boss was not impressed. Uh, Sarah says, this is the best call of all time. Forever and ever, I'm over here dying of laughter. There's a lot of those. It makes me really happy to read that. There's one comment in particular, though, I want to call out. Dawn left a fascinating comment that I loved. She said, OMG, just had this thought. How did Jared react? I always see him as this wall of cut the shit, very grown-up type of person. Sure, that's not the case, but still, that's the box I put him in. I love knowing that that might be uh, the perception amongst the fan base of Jared. I, is this, I want everybody in the Facebook group to let me know. Is that? Do you guys think Jared is like a stern taskmaster who's, who's uh, creating a cut the shit vibe? <laughs> I want to know. I hope there's a comment. What, just who, the mysterious, who is he? We hear his name all the time. What is our perception of him? I can tell you my perception of him from the other side of the glass. The nicest, most laid back person I've ever worked with in any professional atmosphere. But I want to hear that you guys are building cartoon images of Jared in your head. I want to know what you're thinking out there. Okay, I've been talking a long time, but the the, the reaction to that last one, how, how hard people were laughing, it warmed my heart, pushed all my comedian buttons, wanted to... Uh, Pat, pat that episode on the back a little bit. So glad you guys enjoyed it. This episode this week, very different one. Starts light, gets, uh, gets pretty dark, pretty intense. You're going to hear uh, there's a part there's – a, there's a point in this episode where I actually say, is, is all of this true? Um, I, I have a feeling people might debate that on their own, but you'll also notice that the caller uh, references lots of things and, and, and references back to them and, and it, it doesn't sound like – you know, sounds like all these stories are on a timeline that this caller knows backwards and forwards. Seems like it's not fake. A um, lot of intense stuff here. A lot of intense stuff here. Going to let you know that if you are, if you are someone who uh, is uh, is bothered by mentions of, of abuse and, and sexual abuse, you're going to want to brace yourself for that. Always like to let people know um, that, that some, some traumatic things are mentioned. So if you have some PTSD-related certain things, uh, you might want to just brace yourself, be ready for it. There's a, there's a lot. There's a lot going on in here. There's accusations. There's, there's revenge. There's, there's heartbreaking uh, tragedy. And uh, all of it with a caller who, uh, who has survived, who has survived. And uh, I'll leave it up to you guys to sink your teeth in this one. The reactions to this one I think are going to be fascinating. I'm going to ask, when you react online, remember this is a caller. He's a human being. He's out there. He's listening. So... Don't just go. Sometimes people go on and go, I think this person's a liar. This is a person who's sharing, opening up. Feel free to debate how much of it's true if you think any of it's exaggerated, but I don't want to see people uh, going into attack mode. Let's not do that. Let's be a community that goes beyond that. Let's be an empathetic community that doesn't fall into the trap of, uh, of internet finger pointing and cynicism. Let's do our part to erase that. I think it's the modern scourge upon the world. Anyway, enjoy this episode. Really intense. Buckle up. Enjoy it. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hi. Hello? Hi. You have the most, you have very this clear. Is yeah, it's Gethard. Yeah, you have a very clear phone line. I didn't even know anybody was on the line already. 
so quiet and clear. Oh. You got a good, <laughs> got a good, good well, pro- um, provider and service area match. Yeah. So how's your day going? Good. The short answer is good. The longer answer is I, uh, I was brutally ill earlier this week, caught a, like a 24-hour bug, and I traveled in the middle of the week. Flight delays, so I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm happy. The answer is I'm happy to be home, and uh, grounded, and uh, enjoying my life. I'm happy to be alive. Very happy to be alive. Very happy to be alive. In these troubled times, I find myself. You know what I'm realizing lately? A lot of turmoil, a lot of fear, and I'm just telling myself, you just the best way to fight back is try to take a deep breath and stay happy about the things you do have. That's how I'm doing. It is true. We have to always uh, pause and, you know, just gather ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Happiness can be, happiness is sort of like an act of rebellion right now, you know? Like, I'm not going to sit around living in fear and anger. You know what? That's pretty true, honestly, because, uh, I don't know, people generally try and, like, take people down if they're, you know, happy or, you know, they seem better off in terms of, um, I, I don't know, everything. So that's pretty crappy about them. But, you know, we just have to live on. Yeah. What can you do except that? Now, how are you? I am, could be better. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say fine, because that's like a very default answer that I have. Like, fine, great, amazing, awesome. But, you know, we all have our own things going on. But, um, yeah, I'm just at work. Um, I moved my lunch, so yeah, I just had lunch, and uh, now I'm talking to Chris Gethard. Okay, uh, I like yeah, that. You, so I like that. That started with you. Talk about? I like that. That started with you saying my life could be better, and then one of the things you listed about your life is that you're talking to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's always nice to talk to. You. Um, I don't know. You seem. A pretty chill dude, so I, I can, you know, inviting, basically. Like, I know only a couple people in my life who are just off the bat are inviting in general. Mm-hmm. Just, like, I don't know. It's not the aura of them around them, or it's, it's just, like, I don't know who they are. I don't right. know. Right. I don't know how to explain this. Well, I'm happy to be a chill dude at your service. Are we breaking up? Well, really, that's up to you. I feel like the first three minutes have been going well, and I see a lot of potential here. But if you feel like it's time to walk away and this isn't a great match, then I can handle it. Oh, oh you, no. You meant no, just no, the no. phone breaking up. I'm no. not going anywhere. No, the phone's fine. Yeah, the phone's fine. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it keeps, like, interrupting or something. I don't know. But um, so, I mean, what should we talk about? I don't know. Ask me questions. I'm not that good at talking about myself. <laughs> uh, well, you picked the right show. You picked the right show. If you're not. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, what's a good, let's see. What's a good place to start as far? Okay. You want me to ask you questions? Um, yeah. Interview me. <laughs> interview. Well, let's see. Cause I could dive, I could just try to dive into some heavy hitters, uh, or I could try to, you know, ease into it first. I'm trying to gauge our, really, how about, uh, an easy one? Where'd you grow up? Where'd you grow up? That's an, that's a nice, simple one. I grew up in, uh, well, I grew, I grew up in the Soviet Union. <laughs> Whoa. No, just kidding. But 
I grew oh. up in Russia, uh, oh. and uh, I'm not that old. I'm not that old. <laughs> oh yeah. But I grew up in Russia, and uh, I spent well. I basically like lived there for about four years. Yeah. And then at about like five, six age range, um, I moved to Ukraine because my mother is Ukrainian and my father is Russian, and like my mom is like you know I I grew up in this family that was basically the easiest way to explain it would be like an asian family but like they're white so like you had to get good grades you had to play an instrument you know you had to be on point you had to play sports as well and you had to master everything okay so so in this, like the stereotypical view half, of of uh the, like the the stereotypes of an maybe like an Asian American immigrated family where work is prioritized. Yes, yes. absolutely. Okay. Yes, okay. yes. So, but I wasn't expected to be a doctor or anything or a lawyer. But you know, I was expected to do something, um, <laughs> and it was not how it planned out <laughs> or played out. But um, so, I then moved to Ukraine because my mother wanted me to learn Ukrainian, and I, you know, I spent half my childhood with my grandparents, which was great. Um, like I got to see the other side basically. And, uh, and there was like no conflicts going on during that time. So it was all good. Um, but then we moved to America. Um, like I was, uh, um, also like in Dubai for like half a year because my family is like middle Eastern ish. Um, and like, I didn't learn any Arabic, unfortunately, but that's in my plans for but future. You do, so you speak uh, English, and, Russian, and Ukrainian? Yeah, I speak Russian and Ukrainian, yeah. Are Ukrainian and Russian related languages? Like, is that like Spanish and Portuguese style? Or are they... Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, so wow. basically... God, I asked you where you grew like, up. People that are very... Yeah. So a lot of people generally are like very... Um, so... If you're too Ukrainian or too Russian, you're like, um, you're either Ukrainian is not really a, a severe language, or if you're like super Ukrainian, like Ukrainian is like a completely different language, which it's not. It's more like if you were to compare it with the Ukrainian is more of a, like a more vulgar slash barbaric uh, version of Russian. Mm-hmm. So all the words are like more loose uh, or like changed slightly to make it, you know, sound, I don't know loose. Right. Yeah. So, so it it is a sort of thing though, if you, if you understand one, you'll be able to understand the other generally. Yes. Generally for like, unless it's like a certain like older, you know, version of it, then yeah. But like all Russians generally understand Ukrainian. Like, even if you don't understand, like, even if you never like encountered a Ukrainian or like never heard them speak, you would un- be able to understand like majority of the conversation. Yes. Even if you are unable to understand like s- certain key words, got it. You would be understand to you would be able to understand everything. So now yeah. I'll tell you, one of my best friends growing up, I had three friends in my neighborhood, my grade. One of my very best friends, I grew up with him. We went to school together from kindergarten through college graduation. I may have mentioned this on the show before. He he was of a Russian background. He was uh, uh, Estonian. And he taught me one phrase in Russian that mm-hmm. I never forgot. He taught me one phrase in Russian, and I never forgot it. And it's the type of thing you would teach your, buddy, your buddy in third grade. It's a, it's a naughty thing. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Pushusima yusisiska. I never forgot so, that. It, I still know how to, would be, uh, 
Yeah, say it. Tell them the, the translation. translation be, the translation would be, suck my titty, but I think he meant to teach you suck my dick, basically. Uh, yeah, he told me it meant suck my sausage. Have I been saying suck my titty since third grade? Are you informing me right now that yes, I've been saying yes, suck? titty, yeah. So either I'm pronouncing it wrong or he set me up in third grade for a lifetime of humiliating myself to Russian speakers in a long game, a long con. I'll have to text him. Sisiska would be titty. Sasiska would be sasiska. It was sasiska. You're You're right. That far off, they're very similar. It was. I mean, I've tried to remember this since 1988. Pushusima sasiska. Sasiska. Yes. 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 That was. Oh yes, that's the right one. Yes. Pushusima yusasiska. Sasiska. Yeah. Pushusima yusasiska. That means sausage. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He taught me that. Him and his brother used to say that to each other when they were mad at each other. Then he taught me how to say it. Oh man. Pushusima yusasiska. That's the one phrase I know in Russian. <laughs> so I basically know Russian. Well, anyway, that's a cr- pretty incredible life story that you're moving around that much. Yeah, but not as much. Like the only times like I've moved were like those three times. Yeah. Well, two times and this one to America a third time. How old were you and, when, you, when uh, that happened? How old were you when you got to the U.S.? I was 11. 11. And how old are you now? I am 23 Oh, wow. <laughs> so you've now spent more time in the U.S. than you did not in the U.S. Yeah, but fortunately, I did not forget Russian. I mean, I'm slowly kind of forgetting, mm. but um planning not to forget because yeah. it's kind of like my roots. Yeah, you can't. And it's beautiful. I, w- I wish I knew another language. It's one of the most ignorant things about me is that I never learned another language. Well, you can always learn Spanish. It's I think it's very like easier to learn because it's so accessible and yeah. there's a lot of Spanish speakers around. Yeah, especially living in in Queens where I do, it would be it would be um useful but also respectful. You know, I have so many neighbors that uh speak primarily Spanish. I think maybe you're right. Maybe I should commit to that. Maybe I should try to learn some Spanish. Yeah, but it's a lot of commitment. If you don't have a life, you can definitely like, you know, conquer that. But if you have no family, which I know you do, so it's like, you know, even having like just like a wife and no kids is still like a big commitment, you know, right. and a lot of things to do. And your career and everything. So it's yeah, not on everybody's like topless. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, topless? You said topless? Yeah, top list. <laughs> oh, top list. It's not it's not on not on the top of everybody's list. I thought you were saying I thought you just slipped in at Get the end that everybody's top line list. Is a gutter, gethered. Sorry. Anyway, so when you moved here, you had been living with your grandparents. So did you move here with them, with your with your parents? Did everybody come? I moved here with my parents and then I guess we petitioned uh for our like other like my sister who was married, she couldn't come with us because she was married. So a separate family. But we were supposed to come here in 2001, but due to 9-11, we were, like, held back because there were, like, a lot of commotion and everything. So yeah, um, we waited a couple more years. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the last uh, – we're still waiting for our, like, my aunt to get here as well uh, because she's actually in Ukraine and there's, you know, a lot of things going on there. Yeah. And you know, not the best situation to be in. No, not at all. When when you say you petitioned for your sister, was this like, is that something that you have to do? Or is this like a political, is your family here for political reasons? 
Well, we moved here due to like uh, religious persecution because I'm Baptist. Oh, wow. So, um, and the um, like religion of Russia, like the standard, like for example, so like for Dubai, it's like you know um, Islam, right? So for Russia, it's Russian Orthodox. So anything that's not that is generally like looked as like blasphemy. So there was, and it's only like recently that it started to not be such a big, you know, thing that like people actually get persecuted for. But, um, so we moved for that. And, um, the way it works is you only like, if you are blood related, you can petition for like your family member to like, uh, get invited here so they can come here like legally. It's like, I don't know how it works for other, um, like countries, whatever, but um, that's how it worked for us. And that, I think that's how it still works because my uncle invited my uh, dad and um, the whole entire family. So he petitioned for us to get here basically. Yeah. Um, and then, but his mother, she was here first and she petitioned for my uncle to get here so it's kind of like a chain but you only can petition if um you are blood related yeah wow i didn't know that uh i didn't know the baptists had much of a presence in that part of the world let alone that there was uh that much persecution really uh persecution will surprise you in so many ways yeah it's like it's just being different. That's, that's the thing that people like are generally afraid of being different. Um, I mean, it was much worse, like in the nineties where like the pastors got sent to labor camps and Jeez. things like that, or imprisoned for their beliefs. It was just for that, not because they were criminals or anything, but because they were just like preaching the word basically, which is like so bizarre now that you just like, we're talking about it because like it, was, it seems so unreal, but you know, different countries have different, I don't know, things and situations yeah so how, know. how's uh how's life in america is it is it uh how's it going over here oh i love it i will never go back to Russia. <laughs> <laughs> oh never not even for a visit i mean i will go for a visit but and i already like went twice um <laughs> and uh i went to russia generally okay so if you are growing up in Russia and before you are 16, you are in your parents' like passport because you were like a child. So I went back to Russia when I was like turning 16, and um, there is a mandatory um, army like thing that uh, people who are like 16 to 27, I think, have to like they're eligible to basically get enrolled. Uh, forcefully into the army. So um, I actually spent a year in Russia in the army wow. because um, <laughs> wrong, wrong place, wrong time. So, so you just went back for a visit and they put you in the life. army? Yes. Yes, Gethard. That sucks. It was, I know. So you it think you're going to go see so your cousins? Scary at first. You think you're going to catch up with your cousins? And yeah. next thing you know, you're, you're a trooper in the Russian army? Yes. Yes, exactly. Damn. For a year. It was 
it was like, yeah, for a year. It, like, basically, it's mandatory to serve two years, but, like, my family used some kind of connections, and um, they let me out, like, a year after. So, but here's the thing, though. Like, I wanted to stay in the Army, but, like, it was, like, a forceful removal. Why? Why do you want <laughs> so, to stay? Because I wanted to... I don't know, because I liked how, I don't know, I was doing something meaningful. And I was, um, <laughs> because like, and that whole entire year I spent in Afghanistan. So it was like, it was pretty great. <laughs> Wait, you went to visit your family in Russia and then got conscripted into the Russian mm-hmm. army and sent to serve in Afghanistan? Yeah, for a year. I was supposed to stay longer, and I was supposed to go through Spetsnaz training to get into Spetsnaz, but I didn't. What is Spetsnaz? So, I mean, is I'm not like special forces. Right uh, Spetsnaz is like it's basically like Marines for Russians. You know what I mean? Wow. So then your family drags out. You come Something back to like the that. states. Did you ever think about joining the military when you got back to the states? I think like I didn't um, research it enough, but I think there is like. A conflict because, like, I already served for a different, oh, like, that makes sense country. So. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. But I don't think like it's that big of a deal. But yeah, like, I may be able to join. But I mean, yeah, it would be kind of something that I'm looking into because, like, I don't know. I like my country, and my country is America. Yeah. What are you doing? What do you do? What are you doing here now that you're out of the out of the Russian army? What's your? What have you? uh What's your life like in the U.S.? Well, I am working as a uh, handyman. Uh, But I had a very interesting, I guess, employment (laughs) prior to this. Um, So I was an escort for about (laughs) two, three years. Wait, Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So your life story. Born in Russia, moved to the Ukraine, fled to America due to religious persecution, returned to Russia, unwillingly brought into the Russian army, actually liked it, wanted to serve in the most probably currently dangerous region of the entire world outside of arguably North Korea. We're not allowed to. Brought back home, became an escort. Yes. Okay, you are pretty much. You are the reason the show was created. You're the reason. You're the individual. <laughs> I didn't know this before right now, but you're the reason. You're the human being that forced this show into existence. Well, I am glad to be, you know, useful for something. <laughs> so, how does one become an escort? So, let's go ahead. Let's pause there. Things are starting to get really real, aren't they? Well, they're only going to get more real. And uh, be right back after this with more phone call. Crashing is on HBO. I really am begging you guys, go check it out, okay? Sometimes the best stories come from the deepest struggles. That's why the world of up-and-coming comics is a narrative goldmine. HBO series Crashing is nailing it. It stars Pete Holmes, old friend of mine, hilarious guy, guy who I knew when all this stuff was happening to him. I, I was watching this dude fall apart while he tried to make it in the New York comedy scene. He'd show up. I was teaching him in improv classes. The guy was like a sweaty, manic mess. Everything you're seeing on this show, I witnessed. I witnessed it. I was there. And it's produced by Judd Apatow, who I'll tell you is a great man, 
who looks out for Young Comics. He looked out for me. He looks out for Pete. That stamp of approval should go a long way with my fans. And I really personally am asking you to watch this show. You're going to start laughing. When I put on season one, I was saying to myself, man, it's, it's going to be weird for me to watch a thing about stand-up comedy when I was there with Pete. No, it's so funny. You forget. I mean, it's so funny. It's such a funny show. Season one, Pete was broke, getting divorced, trying to navigate the world of stand-up. Season two, he's still all of those things. It's also exploring the alternative comedy scene. I'm fascinated by because that's where he and I came up. Can't wait to see it. Season two of Crashing premieres January 14th at 10.30 p.m. All of season one is available to stream on HBO. These are friends of mine. It's a good show. It's a no-brainer. I want the beautiful anonymous community to rally around Crashing on HBO. Get into it. Brooklinen.com. I love these sheets. You're going to love them too. They're good sheets. You spend a third of your life in your sheets. Make it count, all right? Switch out of the 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 stuff the the bed in a bag set stuff, all that stuff you got when you're a college kid. Get better sleep with better sheets. Brooklinen.com. High quality stuff. Okay, without all those luxury prices and the, the terrifying big box store shopping experience where you feel like you're being held hostage and they won't even show you where the exits are. You know, you know most high-quality, high-end quality bedding's marked up by more than 300% by the time it reaches the store. Brooklyn is not going to do that to you. Founded in 2014 by a husband and wife team. They have a simple philosophy. People deserve beautiful home essentials without luxury prices. They cut out unnecessary markups, retail licensing fees, manufacturing waste, all sorts of stuff. Good-hearted company. People love these products. I got some of their sheets myself, sleep on them, and I do genuinely love them. They got it's, it's really good stuff too. You go on there, all sorts of colors, patterns. It, it, really easy to mix and match. I love my Brooklyn sheets. Try these sheets. I know you'll love them too. Brooklyn.com has an exclusive offer just for my listeners. You get twenty dollars off and free shipping when you use the promo code Beautiful at Brooklyn.com. In fact, Brooklyn is so confident you'll love your new sheets. They offer a risk-free sixty-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all of their sheets and comforters. There's no reason not to give these sheets a try. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping, use the promo code BEAUTIFUL at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code BEAUTIFUL. Brooklinen, these are the best sheets ever. Thanks again to all of our advertisers for supporting the show. Now let's get back to the phone call. So how does one become an escort? Well, somebody has to have, generally to be an escort, you have to have mm, looser moral compass than <laughs> most other people, um, and I didn't have that, um, which is why I like only like lasted basically like three years. Um, and I guess the decision that basically made me not continue the job was like my moral compass. Like I could not handle that much, like because to do the, that job is like great money absolutely but it's not great on your like i don't know how to explain it because it's to say you know short version it's like your morals if you have like higher moral standards which is like sounds so conceited um but if you have those you just can't like put up with that much so which is just basically, it's just like sex work. So it's not that that big of a deal. You just like use your body, right? But it's, it's I don't know, it's taxing. And you, in order to get that money, you have to like sacrifice something. And I didn't 
I, I never could sacrifice my morals. Yeah. So yeah. I got out of it mainly because I was offered a really big chunk of money to um, sleep with a certain senator for like six months. And the thing that I didn't want to happen was um, my agent, who was a piece of shit Serbian bastard, um, <laughs> he was going to get like a whole like bunch of money for it. And I didn't want him to like use other people like that. So, yeah. So <laughs> I don't hate Serbia. I just hate that little shit. So wait, you so. had a Serbian pimp. It's, yeah. Basically. I don't mean to offend. I, I, I know I stored it. You said agent, but it's... It, you can't offend me. The sh- yeah, the shorthand. Yeah, I apologize. Like for the a glorified pimp. A glorified pimp. So this is this is. I mean, if you're deal- so this was a United States senator. Yeah. A f- on a Congress level, not a state senator, a Congress level senator who was trying to establish a six month contract to have a fling. Uh, yes, and I did sign an NDA. So um, I don't know. Yes. Uh, I- who's listening to this? But yeah. So. Um, Somebody that people know, um, and he's like into some weird shit because it was all in the contract what, you know, was expected of me. And I, like, honestly, to do those things wasn't such a big problem for me. Like, six months is like six months. But so there were it was com- just... So you're saying know, there were some my- kinks? There were some kinks involved? Yeah. Oh, a lot. You would... Ex- yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> a lot of kinks. Well, like nothing too like abominable. <laughs> so, it's, so there's, yeah. so there is a senator that you you have said is one of the senators we probably know. So a high name recognition senator who is establishing secret relationships for money that involve specific kinks. Yes, I mean I think that's a very normal because it was such a it was presented as something so normal that it's I'm not the first one or the last one that these wow. contracts were offered to. Wow. So it's people are just nasty. <laughs> That's basically it. Well, and and um, okay, and, this you know, is so fascinating. I have a couple questions if I may, if I may. Um, and I'm not trying to make assumptions about any of this, but if I may. One. If this is getting to a level where you're being contracted out for 6 months at a time, let alone to a sitting United States senator, we're talking big money. This is not meet me in a hotel room for a handful of cash. This is, we're talking, you were involved in some high-level, high secretive, this is why you use the word agent and not pimp, because this is money we don't even understand, right? Yeah. Can I ask about? It is a lot of money. So, and were you mostly, okay, wow, I'm so mad. It took us so long to get to this. This is fascinating. Do we, are you mostly contracted for long-term stuff like this? Is this the nature of your agent's work or are there sometimes just like one-nighters? Most of it is all-nighters. All-nighters. Um, I fit a specific niche that a lot of people have. Like even before uh, doing escorting, I always attracted certain uh, men that were, uh, I don't know, they had like a specific type and I fit that type. Um, And it's, um, how should I say this? So most dudes (laughs) who uh, hit me up on, you know, like some social hookup, whatever site, had this specific um, 
role play that they wanted to do where like they're the daddy and I'm the son. So, and I fit that, you know, stereotype. So you're very young looking. Like the little brother. Yes. So you're 23 and you maybe look a little younger. I look like a 14. You look like you're 14. No, way, way younger than that. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. So like that was a specific niche and like I knew it was going to be in the contract and yes, it was. Uh, So I was like, and that's not a problem, but the problem was my pimp was going to get a large chunk of money, like only, and it was going to be like, he's going, he was going to use somebody else. Um, just as he, he used me and he was a piece of shit and I did not want him to get a single dime from that. And he was mad. He was really pissed that he could like not pursue me really because, uh, what he did was illegal. What I was doing was illegal. Is, <laughs> so, and are we talking about I, the Serbian or the Senator position. that was mad? The Serbian, but the Senator, like I signed an NDA before I opened the contract. So I could not disclose anything like specific names or like states or anything like that so it was i don't know so long story short is don't do it <laughs> okay just don't do it like the money's not worth it so the, the money's, money's very good it. but it'll burn you don't out. do it you get involved in some dark yes shit is what we're saying oh yes absolutely like even if you're offered um like a large chunk of money for you know sleeping with somebody that you actually, you know, like, like, or is it repulsive to you? It's not worth it because, and people glorify being like a sugar baby, like in sugar daddy, whatever relationships, but it's really not worth it. Yeah. It will be taxing on like everything that you are. And like a lot of people like just go ahead and like kill themselves over wow. like things like this. And it's not really right. spoken about because it just hush hush. Yeah. And I'm sure there's other people, I'm sure there's people listening who are built for it. I'm sure there's people who, due to yeah, their circumstances absolutely. or their mentality, are great. But I would have to imagine you're right. That when, when, you, when you're getting involved in something like this, you're, you're, you're at the very least giving a piece of yourself away in some fashion. And that's not easy psychologically, I would have to imagine. It really isn't. Like psychologically, yes, but there's like morals. It all comes down to morals because psychologically you can, you know, de-stress somehow and but morally there's like no outlet for you really because you can't just have like a family and just like at night go and like you know sell yourself basically right um which is like you don't do as much work because but it all it all like comes crashing down eventually there's the there's just one point in life where you will be like i can't live with myself if i continue this yes and i would have to imagine that point comes when you find out that a sitting united states senator is interested in having a 6 month long um sexual relationship with someone who he can fantasize is a an underage child which is what we basically yes established basically wow yeah, and you see them on the news, and you're like giggling because you're like, "Oh, he's so sick." <laughs> but that is it's just I don't know. Now, okay, oh, I'm not going to harp on it too much. I, I, I do have just one question, and again, the NDA, whatever you've named, some specific things. Are you allowed to say if it was a Republican or Democrat? Is this something we're allowed to know? What are we allowed to know? You can't know the party, but um, like anything that would, because there's like so many of them, you know, like is you people can 
dig up something on somebody and they will be able to find out who's like, you know, potential. And uh, it's no, I, I can't say that. But you can't say that. Okay. People see them on the news like a lot. So, <laughs> oh, oh. You're not allowed to say anything, and I'll ask you to not respond in any way. Bite your tongue, no matter what. I'm just saying on my end, just my political beliefs. Uh-huh. I'm praying for McConnell. I'm praying for McConnell. You don't say a thing. Don't you react in any way? I'm not trying to get you in trouble with an NDA. Just on my end, I'm praying for McConnell. And if that's too much, and you now feel uncomfortable, let us know, and we'll we'll have Jared bleep that part or remove it entirely. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. I can't answer it, but. Um... Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, so amazing. Wow, you've lived some life, huh? You have lived some life. Oh, yes, I have to grow up real fast. I know it's a little earlier in the show than usually here. We're breaking the format a little bit. But here's the thing this call is about to get very heavy. I warned you at the top, I'm underlining it again. So rather than break up the momentum of that in a, in a way that might be even more jarring, we're going to go ahead and say thanks to our advertisers. We're going to get the advertisers up and running now, and, uh, and, and then we'll present the rest of the call uninterrupted. Use the promo codes if you like them. It really helps the show. Thanks so much. We'll be back with more phone calls soon. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. Everybody listening knows I love therapy, big champion of therapy, and I'm very happy to tell you about a new way you might be able to check out therapy. Maybe, maybe you're feeling those barriers of entry, Talkspace might be for you, right? Maybe, you're, maybe you can't imagine fitting anything else into your life. Well, with Talkspace, therapy's as easy as sending your therapist a message. You can get something off your chest whenever you need to. Talk about everyday challenges at work, at home, or just chat about life. There's no judgments here. There's also no extra commutes here, no leaving the office. All you need is a computer with an internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app. You can start improving your mental health. Remember, therapy is not just about venting your innermost thoughts or digging into your childhood. It's about practical, everyday strategies for stress management and living a happier life. Having a therapist simply provides you a designated person for you to talk to who's trained to listen and help you make positive changes. The Talkspace platform has over 2,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing life challenges we all face. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Use the code beautiful. You get $30 off your first month and show your support for this show. That's beautiful at Talkspace.com slash beautiful. Thanks again to our sponsors. Now let's finish off this phone call. Buckle up. Amazing. Wow, you've lived some life, huh? You have lived some life. Oh, yes. I had to grow up real fast. Um, but, you know, that's not even, like, the most fucked up thing about my life. <laughs> well, like, get, get talking, so my friend. It's funny how, like... Huh? Get talking, my friend. Well, uh... You were saying, though, no, it's so funny so, how... It is so funny how... <laughs> so, um... My visit to Russia was supposed to be like a two-parter. Um, the first part was I was going to like get a passport, right? And uh, like, you know, move back to America and live my life. But that wasn't the case. But the other part was, so here's the heavy things that uh, usually aren't, you know, that nice. So when I was 
um, like eight, nine years. Um, I used to go to this music school, um, and I like usually on the way back, I would go through either the railroad or the the um, cemetery, and <clears throat> the road through the railroad is usually filled with like you know stupid dogs that would like bite you and like you would die of like some kind of disease or something. <laughs> it's it, like as a child you would be like thinking like those horrible things because he had like such a great imagination. So one of these days I was like, you know, I didn't want to go through the railroad because my best friend was like not with me because we used to go to the same uh, music school, but he didn't go to classes that day. And I went through the cemetery. Um, and I, I walked out of the cemetery and there's this swamp area that connects to, you know, like my uh, city block. And on that exit, there was these four dudes that were smoking at that time. And uh, so they saw me with like my stupid shitty violin. And um, so I like walked past them. Then um, so I was grabbed by one of them. Uh, just after passing them. Long story short, I was raped by four men. Um, I guess I survived somehow, I don't know, through God's grace, but uh, got home, um, changed, took a bath, uh, I guess, lived my life past that, um, repressed it. Uh, now, nobody knew, my parents didn't know, but they like, you know, my mom was like, are you okay? What's going on? You know, you came back late. It was like past like nine, basically. I was like, oh, I just got, you know, held up at music school. Um, and so um, my visit to Russia, going back to 16, was I was actually going to kill them all. I was going to kill four of those douchebags, um, and I I knew everything about them because I researched like all their names, everything like that. But um, there's no disclosure of like imprisonment publicly. So I came to Russia. I had found out that they all were imprisoned, and. Uh, then I got, you know, enlisted into the um, army. After a year, I basically like was like, okay, I'm back to business. I'm gonna go and kill them all. And I um, dig some stuff up, and it has seems that they were killed in a prison riot, all four of them. Um, so I guess it's like. I'm glad it didn't happen because I knew that I was going to get caught eventually. Even though I was going to move to America, I was still going to get caught eventually. Like, it's just how it is. Like, nothing bad that I do in life um, ever, like, stays hidden. Which is why I have, I guess, been very honest with everything in life. 
which is, I guess, a good thing to have, even if it's like forced. I don't know why it's forced, but I guess I'm just unlucky. But so, yeah, that's some um, heavy shit right there. You can say that again. That's some of the heaviest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. Well, I'm so. I'm first of all, that's completely brutal. I'm sorry that happened to you. I can't even imagine. I know that I'm sorry doesn't even really begin, but uh, that's that's obviously something that should happen to no one. And uh, I'm so sorry. And that so you were you were actually you were actually out for out for vigilante justice when and when the military conscripted oh, yes. you. Absolutely. So is there a part of you that's oh, yeah. like I was timing my days. Wow. Is there a part of you that you get in the military? You're like, all right, weapons training. This is meant to be. I'm now going to go get trained on how to kill. Oh, yes. Really? Yes. 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 Absolutely. It was, I don't know. It was also a time in the military where I was, I guess, put into place in terms of structure. I had structure and it was good because, um, I guess it kind of lessened my thirst for blood. But at the same time, when I was out, I was like, oh, it's on. So um, it was everything that happens to me and will ever happen. It's all for a reason. And I know that it's for um, something great, basically. I know I can't see it now, but eventually it's going to be, you know, something good, basically. Wow. So you'd been thinking about killing these people your whole life. Yeah. Wow. And, 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 and when you found out that they were already dead, did, were, was, were you relieved or did you almost feel cheated in some way? Like, what's the reaction to that after you've been planning this for so long? I felt very cheated because I wasted so much time in preparing for just to like see the reaction on their face when I squeeze the life life out of them because and I'm not a you know a violent person like in general but like just people can wrong me as much as they want like it doesn't really bother me but when it comes to my family like that's when like I go off the rails but that specific one thing I wanted revenge I wanted it so bad I felt very cheated and at the same time I felt relieved because I was like, oh well, you know, um, things happen for a reason um, and I can just like move on and live my life or try to. And I guess like if anybody believes in God, I guess it was like a clear sign that like your life is worth living because I, it was like basically a suicide mission for me because I was, I was like, I, I don't expect to come out of this um, unscathed or, you know, get away with it because it, I didn't have like a specific plan of like, what do I do after they're dead? Like I never like had a plan for that. It was more like, I want them dead. Wow. Wow. This is, this is a lot. This is a lot. Yeah. And like nobody else like knows. The only reason you know is because you know it's like anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> so cliche. No, I mean oh. that that's the hook, right? That's the hook, baby. 
That's the hook. Yeah, that's the hook. I have to say, there's so much that's happened yeah. in your life, and, and I am. Uh, I will. I will say this all feels. This all feels so like emotional and so real to me. I'm. I'm. There. There. there there's so much you've brought up that I'm sure there's going to be some listeners who wonder if you're exaggerating any of this. Oh, I wish. If anybody has seen a hell, it would be me, wow. <laughs> because I to deal with um, being absolutely like sodomized at age nine. Um, to deal with that, I was like I started cutting myself, and that also put up with like being gay, being Christian, um, and not wanting to disappoint anybody. And since you know being raised in a very Christian family, pastor's kid, like you, you know, you have like a specific like set of morals, guilt, conscience, everything like ties in. And then you just like realize that you're gay and then you finally accept yourself. But then like it also is contradicting with everything else. So it's not just like one point that you have to like get over it's everything. And then you like, you know, start cutting yourself and then you end up liking it because it kind of, it gives you like adrenaline, but also like, I guess, relief, which is an illusion because it all comes back flushing. And it's, it was hell. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, I tried killing myself once. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't succeed. Fortunately, unfortunately, I don't know. But, um, that was like the time, like when my mom was like, oh, what's going on? Because, you know, I failed. So I was hospitalized. So I was like, how do I get out of this? Because like, I didn't want my parents to like find out about the rape or anything else. Because like, even though I know my parents like won't really judge me, but they will like be like feel guilty because they weren't there to protect me basically. So they still don't know. Like that's what all parents go through. They still don't know. How you say that and, you haven't talked to many people. I, I I do feel obligated to ask, have you talked to doctors? Have you talked to professionals about this? I talked to like I went through like a physical exams, um, but I didn't like this like specify like why I want like a full physical um, but like I'm alright physically. Um, there's nothing like damaged. But uh, mentally, I think I have figured everything out. So I don't like. I don't think I have any need for like a therapist. Also, like that was in my mind. Like in my teenage years, I was like, I need a therapist. I need a therapist. I need to talk to somebody. But then eventually, I, I guess I was venting online, and that kind of helped. And like because it was like limited, so I didn't really feel that much need in like a therapist later so yeah uh Obvi like, obviously if you know my work right. you know obviously if you know my work you know that i'm yeah. a very 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 big public advocate um for for taking care of your mental health so i i do feel just very strongly um sort of honor bound to say that it's it's not a bad idea and if you wanted to try it i would imagine that you might yeah you might you might help but i'm i'm certainly gonna sit here and and insist or uh tell you tell you how to live your life but just here this you know this 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 conversation's taken so many turns and we were also laughing before about your your experiments with sex work and i don't i do not judge sex work i think uh i'm of the opinion it should be uh legal in many cases it, i think i i uh 
But I will say that hearing about your background and then also hearing about your your experience with that, it does seem to me like those those there's a there's a number of things uh, there that I think I I, I feel like uh, you know maybe maybe it's not a bad idea to talk to somebody. Absolutely, but I I think like I'm just keeping busy lately, so. It's- I don't really like feel the need to like yeah. get a therapist, but eventually maybe. But it's up to you. I yeah. just I I would feel like I wasn't doing my uh, my job as a guy if I didn't just put that on record, you know. Yeah, as a chill and dude, as you, you called that. me, a as lot a of chill people dude, do need that. I need it. You are a chill dude. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. This is. Uh, this is you've really you've really and 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 you said you're a handyman now. I'm a handyman, yeah. So like I fix things. That sounds <laughs> like, like a very, everything except my life. <laughs> that, that sounds like a nice, uh, a very sedate, calm, simple life where problems present themselves and then you solve the problems and feel a sense of accomplishment. I, I would have to imagine that's a nice change of pace for you. Yes, it is. Um, it's. Less, way less money, yes, but it's, you know, there's no, like, um, pressure from, like, morals and, like, what you know is right and wrong. That's, like, always, like, uh, whispering into your ears that, like, you're doing something wrong, absolutely wrong. You hate this. Why do you do this, you know? So there's nothing like that, but, um, you know, yeah. money isn't everything. That's yeah. just, like... Something I learned, and it was real. So those three years there, are we talking like six figures a year? Like this money was real, huh? Oh, real. Um, let's just say the amount of money I was going to get from that contract would literally um, propel me to be very successful. I was going to start a business. I was going to buy a house, um, like, and support my family, like one hundred percent, like get anything that I needed and, and like much more. And I was going to actually like get rich off of that money. Um, so it was like a, and which, which is why I knew I could never do that because deep down I knew that was not something that like, nobody's really worth that much basically. Like it was just like that, you know, understanding that like this money is, comes with strings. Like I understand, like even though it was like nowhere in the contract that like you had to, you know, do something else or like a renewal or anything like that. It was just like I knew there was going to be strings. Like nobody would pay somebody that much to just like fuck them for like six months. Wow. I am. Re- I gotta say, really. All jokes aside, what senator is it? What, what what's it like being in that world? All that aside. <laughs> I am very glad yeah. you didn't do that because I tell you, the fact that you're able to tell me about the, that rape situation, the fact that you wanted to murder people, the fact that we're able to talk about all that in a way that seems even remotely grounded shows a, a, a strength and, and your ability to uh, really hold it together through some stuff that a lot of people would not be able to. And I... I I would have to imagine you can only have two, so many of those in life before you get past your tipping point. And, and it seems like winding up in a, uh, uh, a, a fetish scenario with a high-powered person 
might not might not end well. Well, I think my tipping point, and I know it for a fact, is if my parents pass away, uh, I do not know how I will actually like live without my parents. Like, even though like I don't have such like an amazing connection with them, um, I think it's all like as a defensive mechanism because I don't want them to get that close to knowing certain things. So I just don't know how, if they ever pass away, I hope not, um, that how I will actually like live without them because I can like live without like my abortion of a brother and like my sister and whatever, <laughs> but like oh, wow. anything else, like wow. my parents, no. Can I ask, do your parents, you, are your parents aware of your sexuality? Um, yeah, they are. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a rough time for a bit, uh, but uh, it all is like resolved, I guess, because I think, honestly, being like different sexual orientation, I think it, it is a really good test for the people that love you or they say that they love you because how unconditional is their love? And that's what I've right. like, come to understand. Like, it's a good test of whether they do actually love you unconditionally or whether it's just like, Cloud. Yeah. And I would have to imagine too, everything I've ever heard about Russia is that it is not as uh, accepting. So your parents being from a background, both religious and, you know, like, I don't, I don't know all the facts and figures, but I certainly know about, you know, people like Pussy Riot have shined a light on the treatment of, of, of uh, the homosexual community in Russia. And I, I would have to imagine too, that that, that must've been a very uh, hard conversation and, 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 a gratifying moment when your parents uh, did show that love. Yeah, like my dad didn't talk to me for like a week. I think he was like gathering his thoughts. But, um, and I like, I knew that my dad was like always really smart, even though he was like totally against like gays and everything. And he's like found them abominable. But um, he changed his, I guess, view on it because it's different when like it's your own blood so like it's like oh um for example like divorce is bad this isn't that but then like when your child gets divorced it's like you're more lenient to that because you're not on such a like a higher ground you know what i mean like because people of religion are generally like on a higher moral ground because um it's like you know you like you know you have this like understanding like you you know everything, but when like it happens, you're like, "Oh, I'm not the shit anymore." So, yeah, he came to his, I guess, senses. Um, but I was like ready to like you know get out of the city, the state, because like I was not gonna be a nuisance, basically. Wow. So you 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 you're not living in the same city anymore. Well, I do live in the same city. Okay. This is a... Uh, yeah, but... I don't... I've never heard... I've never heard a life story like this one. Never heard it. Yeah. I don't... I I literally stalked your podcast, and I never, like, heard anybody, like, you know, uh, like, even Russian, I think. So I was like, <laughs> I, don't know, I wanted to share my story because, yeah. I hate to laugh, but with everything you've said, everything you've shared today, I love knowing that your initial impulse to call was like, oh, they need the Russian perspective on things. I like that that was the starting yeah, point. Yeah, I guess. I like that that was the impetus, yeah, like the initial like, seed. 
And then it's like, oh, maybe I think, also I can talk yeah. about uh, my high le- my experience as a high level escort, and then also uh, the uh, the fact that I had a stretch of my life where I was effectively living in a uh, a murder revenge plot akin to a late era Liam Neeson movie. Maybe I'll throw yeah, that in as well. Teenagers are teenagers are horrible. Don't let them like like harbor revenge like thoughts about you because they will actually kill you. Like you know, <laughs> teenagers are horrible. They Absolutely. can be it can it was, be like, it's I do not like a teenager. Oh, it was rough. Huh? It was rough. I was an angry teen as well. I was an angry teen. Yeah. 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 That's my... Like you hate yourself, you hate everybody, like there's changes in your body. Do you like them? Do you not like them? What is going on? Like and you're bad at math, and you're like, "What is going on? Why? Why am I so horrible?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, bad at math in particular. It's a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. How, that how many minutes do you have left? We have a, a little under eight minutes left. Ooh. I, gotta, so I probably can't talk about uh, my failed engagement. Well, I was just gonna. I actually was just gonna <laughs> say, like, what well, I was just gonna say in our last handful of minutes. I was wondering, like, what is day to day life now? Like, outside of all this fantastical stuff and all this very life defining, dramatic stuff. So I was gonna say maybe the dating life, but that you know, how recent is this failed engagement? The recent, like, about three months ago, actually. I'm sorry. <laughs> I proposed to this dude and. Uh, Basically, got rejected. But the cool thing about it is, um, I returned the ring and, like, I saved like $12,000 for this amazing ring. Um, and then I basically I am using that money to go to Bora Bora. So, fuck that dude and fuck him. <laughs> fuck everything about him. Like, I wasted three years of my life on that asshole. Like just no. Were you? Yeah, so were so you? Were I'm, you dating him during any of the stretch when you were also escorting? Uh, no. That's good. like when I. Um, it also like helped that you know I was dating him. Like it was getting more serious. We were moving in. Um, that I actually like it was right as I was ending like all ties with my pimp, uh, basically. And, uh, so you must have started that. If I'm doing the math, if, if you were with this guy, if you're only 23, you were with this guy for three years and there's no crossover. This must've meant you were yeah. escort. Were you underage when you were escorting? Yes. You were. So you're like 16, 17. Yeah. Yeah. 17 ish. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it's, It's just, I don't know. My life has been interesting, to say the least. Um, I'm just hoping that it helps somebody make proper decisions for themselves. Um, Because I know there's a lot of similar situations that people go through, but they don't talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah. That is true. I mean, I know from my experience talking about some of my stuff, it, it even if it opens some wounds, it's nice to help the next person over. So ho- hopefully if there's anybody in si- situations similar to yours, they're maybe hearing that you have turned out a little more okay on the other side relatively. And, and uh, hopefully that 
get some other people to maybe seek their way out of some situations. Yeah. But the thing is that I really like, I'm like kind of disappointed about is that I didn't really have a childhood. So it was like, I hated that I had to grow up so fast, but, and at the same time it has a lot of positives because you see a lot of what like you can predict how life will go and how you react to certain situations, but you're not innocent anymore. There's like no ignorance that you can be like, say, oh, I'm ignorant, I'm a child, this, this, and that. But it's like you had to grow up and you didn't really, you were never a child, so you had to grow up really quickly. And uh, it sucks because, you know, I I always wished I would be like, oh, I'm just like a small boy, right? Like I can blame everything on being a kid, but can't do that. Like it's just like not possible. But if anybody out there is dealing with any of this just you know step by step yeah take a deep breath yeah it will all get better and on that note so where are you at now you're you're working you like your gig you uh friend situation the engagement sucks are you are you dating anybody else are you bouncing back where are we at I'm actually starting to date somebody. Um, again, I never liked being like outside relationships. Like I'm one of those rare gays that <laughs> doesn't like have sex outside relationships. It's it's weird. I'm one of those monogamous animals, as they say. So who says who and, said is uh, that a phrase? Monogamous animals? Yeah, yeah. Like in the gay community, it's like. <laughs> The new trend is like open relationships and everything like that, which is like, you do you, boo-boo, but it doesn't work for me. Like, it doesn't. Wow. So that's yeah. nice. That's nice. You got somebody in your life who loves you. That's nice. Yeah. He's pretty great. He doesn't know any of this, nor do I think he will ever know, unless he's like dying on like a deathbed, then I will like tell him, but no. Wow. And when Nobody you- should... Uh, you know, have to, you know, like even think about like dealing with something like this. Like, so like how, how do you react when like somebody's like that damaged? Yeah. I mean, again, I will say not to force it rather than hide in fear of people finding out about the damage. There's a, and again, if it's not for you, it's not for you for, for anybody else listening. There are a lot of resources and a lot of people who exist and make their mission in life to help you sort out that damage so you don't have to just constantly hide from it. So I will put that out there. Yeah. I mean, I've come to terms like with everything that happened to me. I know it, everything happened for a reason to be where I am today. Um, it's not like something that's an insecurity of mine, but I know that not everybody is ready for to receive this kind of information. And it's just not... Um, it's not good for them to know this because, like, what are they gonna kind of do with it? Basically, like, it's not gonna help them in any way. Like, it's not even gonna help me because, like, I'm already helped. Like, I have no comments about it. This is why I'm so freely talking about it. Except the right part, like, still getting over that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is like yeah. you say you don't. You say you're over it, but then you also keep dropping phrases that sound like it's, you know, saying that you're gonna hide it. 
until you know I don't know it's not it's not my place to analyze I'm and aren't you gathered yeah but I mean I'm also yeah, not an always analyst like and, loose ends of course loose ends yes absolutely I'm not that ignorant yes I know there's like a lot of things to do I understand I probably should do therapy because you know Lord knows I need it <laughs> but that's something that I'm probably going to explore later on but yeah, yeah. I just really we got thirty seconds left. I want to just say, I uh, I'm blown away at your ability to to fill me in on this and and talk. And I I thank you for sharing the story. And I uh, like you said, if there's if there's other people out there in similar situations, I hope I hope hearing you has uh maybe inspired them to to help. Also, I also just have to say this is I never thought I'd have to say the sentence. I don't advocate murder. I don't. I hope nobody else. I hope nobody out there goes out and murders. I do say that not to judge, but I hope nobody's murdering. Yeah, absolutely. But I hope you keep doing you, Gethard. And you what as well. What you're doing is amazing. You as and, well. Thank you for surviving. Yeah. Thank you for surviving, honestly. <sighs> Caller, I I was rambling a lot, but I so sincerely uh, mean it. So much love to you. I'm so, so sorry. Again, just want to reiterate, I know, I know, I know. It's my thing. It's my cause. It's the soapbox I get on, but... uh. Help is out there. Help is out there. And if the help is out there, why not try? I'll stop. It's not up to me. It's up to you. Thank you for calling. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks to Jared O'Connell for, uh, I've always said, how navigates this ship. And uh, more than ever in this one, these are the ones we, we, I tell you, in between when we record at the intro and outro this one, we uh, had a real long talk, Jared and I. Thank you to Harry Nelson in the booth as well. Was helping out. Thanks to Shell Shack for the music. You guys are the best. Thanks, John Delore. Thanks, Greta Cohn, for building the show. ChrisGeth.com for info on my road dates, tickets, all that stuff. Rate, review, subscribe. If you like the show, go to Apple Podcasts. It really does help so much when you do so. And uh, that's that. Thank you guys so much. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that enables you to improve your mental health from anywhere at any time. Get matched with a licensed therapist from over 2,000 choices and message them whenever you need to. No commutes and no judgments. For a special offer for our listeners, visit Talkspace.com beautiful and use the code beautiful to get $30 off your first month and show your support for this show. Talkspace, it's therapy for how we live today. Sometimes the best stories come from the deepest struggles, which is why the world of up-and-coming comics is a narrative goldmine. See for yourself in the HBO comedy series Crashing, starring my friend, my former student, Pete Holmes, a great man, a hilarious guy. If you guys like me, if you like sort of comedy that's thoughtful, Pete is – he's right up your alley. You're going to love him. It's also executive produced by Judd Apatow, an old mentor of mine, someone who I will always – support and who I hope you will support as well. Crashing shows a realistic and honest depiction of starting out a comedy career in New York City. I was there for all this stuff, okay? I was in the real-life version of all these stories that Pete's doing. He's nailing it. It's a funny show, and it's an honest show. Season 2 premieres January 14th at 10.30 p.m. All of Season 1 is available to stream on HBO. Get into it. Next time on Beautiful Anonymous... Everybody's just trying to smooch some face. Thinking about hooking up with some Benny? Some Benny who's down here for two weeks? Uh, probably 
not like because like I am boy crazy like in a in a sense where like I see a guy and I'll be like oh my god he's so cute like I would I would kiss his face I would do everything yeah I would kiss his face. <laughs> You are a teenager who's, you just proclaimed that you, puberty is fully kicking in for you currently, little late bloomer, and your instinct, you'll see a boy walk down the street, you want to run up and just smooch all over his face. I guess so. That's next time on Beautiful Anonymous. Hey there, folks. Do you like comedians from SNL, UCB, The Onion, and The Tonight Show? Are you curious about how germs control your brain or how human history is a big series of pranks? Well, hear that and more on the Cracked Podcast. That's right. Cracked.com is also a podcast hosted by me, Alex Schmidt, with guests who are comedians, novelists, scientists, live UCB audiences, and more. Every week we explore why life is fundamentally more interesting than you think it is, and we'd love to have you along for the ride. Search The Cracked Podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to get free, awesome, fun stuff that you'll like. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.com